Hey, welcome back, everybody. It's time once again for another episode of Driven by Design. The one show, maybe the only show that shows you how the world's changing. One conversation at a time with our man who's changed in the world. He's in the future right now while we're still living in the past. It's Brian Thompson. <laughs> howdy, howdy, everybody. Good afternoon. Um, I What a day. I am so happy today. We are going from four wheels to two wheels. Uh, sticking in the transportation theme this week, we have uh, Arda Onal from Turkey via China, via Seattle, who has a very compelling and fascinating, interesting bike company that I think um, I want to dive into these very quickly. But let me uh, go ahead and uh, introduce yourself. Arda, welcome to Open by Design. Well, thank you for having me. Um, yeah, I'm originally from Turkey, um, lived in China for very long, started this company with my brother, and now I'm in Seattle. Well, thanks for being had, as my grandpa would say. Um, <laughs> Arda, you know, the, the cool thing, I love your bikes. The bikes are called Ariel. Is it Ariel Rider or just Ariel bikes? Ariel Rider. Ariel Rider. Ariel Rider. Um, yes. And we'll make sure to give out contact information here at the end. But one of the coolest things I love about your bike is there is a very unique aesthetic, which to me takes us back to the 70s, but pushes us forward. Uh, this painting of mine behind me is very 70s inspired, so you can tell I... That aesthetic is close to my heart. Um, so what I think is unique about your bikes is they are uh, uh, more than a bike, but they're not all the way to motorcycle yet. And, and they're this yeah. kind of like sweet space where you could kind of still, you know, tie them up with a chain link to a, a bike rack, but you got a little bit extra electric power to keep it going. Tell me, tell us about what was your inspiration for starting Ariel Rider? So uh, by education, I have engineering degree on electrical and electronics engineer, and my brother is an industrial engineer. Um, we were living in China, and we saw all these people using electric scooters. And we said, well, this is a great idea, like, you know, because everyone was using it for commuting. Uh, but the problem with this scooter is it's not helping with your health at all. So our goal has, from the beginning, our goal has always been getting people to move a little bit more, especially, you know, older generation, perhaps like, who doesn't go out that often to like at least cycle a little bit getting out and moving a little bit is very important and we um lost our dad to a heart attack and he was overweight as well so that has been the Wait. mission I'm, sorry sorry pause right there who had a heart attack uh, my dad oh your dad dad i'm sorry to hear that okay and so okay yeah, he, he passed away from a heart attack and he was not like working out ever at all mm. so that has been the mission behind the uh, company like we always wanted to get people out and get them moving. So with an electric bike, we have like people who are intimidated to get on a bike. Now they can get on the bikes and they can still cycle, but they don't have to like, you know, exert themselves too much. The whole goal is to get people moving. Get people, oh, I love that. Get people moving. You know, and and it, what's kind of really cool about the, the bikes that you've created, especially the Grizzly, that's my personal favorite. Um, <laughs> it, it just... It has this aesthetic that makes you want to do stuff. Um, I remember being a kid, you know, in the 70s when the little Honda, little teeny Hondas, we would toss around the property and ride around. And it has a bit of that feeling that, um, you know, you can just jump on and go anywhere. I think that's a huge trend happening right now. You know, you see a lot of these shared ride scooters and stuff, but they sort of um, litter the sidewalk with these things. This is something that you own, correct? Yeah, this is something that you own. Like I... I'm not very, um, I don't support those 
rideshare scooters and bikes, to be honest, because the whole idea behind an electric bike is being environmentally friendly. Whereas with these shared ones, you're actually trashing these on the street, like no one is using it. And the life cycle lifespan is very short. These batteries are, you know, they're actually not very environmentally friendly, the batteries are. So when you, I mean, the whole business model is not what I'm sending for. You're, yeah, you're doing something that you 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 have a pride of ownership in. You clearly have put a lot of thought um, into the design of the bikes, and that's one of the things I love about them. And I definitely encourage everybody to take a look at the aerial bikes. Um, it's aerialrider.com. I'm going to say it now, and we'll, we'll repeat it later. But so one of the things I, I love about this show is featuring people who have done something else, taken a risk, and then done something that is now their life, and. Uh, what I, I love that you spent time in China, you saw these, you know, billions of bikes everywhere and you wanted to create something new. And, you know, and, and um, I am, it moved me when you mentioned your father, but I think that you took something sad and you were inspired by it. Talk to me a bit more about that. One of the points of the show is to inspire people to do their own thing. What yeah. was that moment where you were like, light went on and you what were you doing before what did you leave <laughs> yeah, so, um i was working in my dad's company actually so they did lots of manufacturing in china so we are coming from manufacturing background mm. um and when we first started this electric bike business um we got very famous within a few months we started selling in 27 countries and wow. then my, dad, my dad was a lot this company started with like me being very interested in electric bikes so just randomly starting a website and then getting hits and all of a sudden I was just reselling bikes from China. But little did I know it's a learning curve, right? Little did I know selling is the easy part, but the after sales service is the harder part. So I have no experience in that part. So within a few years, we had so many um, negative reviews that we couldn't salvage it. And at that point was where, where my dad passed away. And we said, you know what, we're going to honor him and we're going to do it right this time. So we closed the company for one year. For one year, me and my brother, we just um, worked on uh, having better relationships with the factories because these factories, some of them do not work with everyone, right? You have to have an insider with mm -hmm. We uh, developed these relationships with the factories. We went to the drawing board. We like made lots of different like prototypes to see what mm -hmm. people need, to see what people want. And after one year, the aerial rider has um, was a fruit of that one year of work. Um, and then after that, it took off and it took off in the right year this time. Um, now we are known for our customer service. We are one of the best in the market. Um, and our bikes are, like we have clients who has been riding our bikes for seven years, eight years now. For an electric bike, that's a really good track record. Yeah, that's a very long lifespan, for an, especially yeah. for an e-bike. So let's go back for one thing, because I really wanted to expand on something that I think is profound. You shut the company down. Um, yes. You know, I lost my mom as well. And I, I know that moment of losing a parent is, it's a life changer. You're, you're an orphan at that point, right? Yeah. And for you to shut the company down, um, that's a huge decision to make. Talk to me about, did you interact with the people building the bikes to, like what i understand that you developed the bikes that you sell now during that time but that the reason i'm asked let me let me phrase it this way the reason i'm asking this question is a lot of people get paralyzed by momentum 
And what I mean by paralyzed by momentum is they're doing something and it's too hard to get off the treadmill. So they just keep going. And you got off the treadmill. Can you talk a bit more about that? Because it clearly worked. <laughs> yeah, it did. I mean, it was a risk that we took. Um, I've been lucky enough that I had very supportive friends and family. And I had my yeah. brother right next to me. So that's always an advantage. But let me, like, to summarize the situation, how bad it was back then, uh, before we shut the company down. Um, after my dad's funeral, we drove back home. And that day, I was still on the phone with some of my dealers trying to solve the problems that they had with the bikes they had. So it wasn't mm. that bad. So after that point, you um, right. you make things right. I'm like, salvaging this brand, the previous brand, is going to be difficult. And we already have a bad track record. Instead of that, let's go back to drawing boards. Let's stop everything for a second. We, oh. don't, have to, we don't have to grow right now. Let's not get stressed over this. You know, sometimes you just have to sit down and think about it and strategize on what you're going to do. So that's what we did. It was not easy, obviously. It is very stressful. Um, but yes. Potato. You know, I think that's a beautiful story. I can very much relate to it. I, I was designing for Nissan when my mom passed away. And I left uh, Nissan as well. And, and, and I didn't have a company shut down. But I, I, I remember thinking when she passed away, this is it. Like there were dreams my mom never realized. My mom was a very talented singer. And I thought, this is the moment, like th this is it, you know? And I think there's something when you lose a parent where you're like, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to grab this and go with it. And I just, I just think that's really beautiful that you did that. And I'm very like, aside from just the bikes themselves, it's just really a cool story. Um, let's shift a bit into the bikes themselves because I really want people to see these. Which one is your favorite bike? Um, I can't say that. They're <laughs> <laughs> like children. Oh, my babies. I cannot choose any one of them. <laughs> um, no, jokes aside, um, my favorite is we just released a, a cheaper bike called Rideal, and we're going to start shipping them out next week. Um, it is just at the price point of $1,000. What's I the name again? I didn't catch Ride the name. Rideal. Rideal. Yeah, it's like ideal, but right deal. Oh, right deal. Right, right. Okay, yeah. I got it. Oh, my God, that's so cool. Okay. Yeah. So um, it is, at uh, the price point is very affordable, $1,000. Mm -hmm. Because with, I know that, like, we make really good bikes, really fast bikes and everything. But as long as we don't make them affordable, we're not going to make any change in the society. So we have to get people to, you know, be comfortable with spending. Like, we have to provide a price point that people are comfortable with spending. So, mm -hmm. um that's where this ideal came out. It is an upright sitting position, a city bike, a full-size city bike. Um, for $1,000, it's pretty much the best bike you can buy. Um, it has a great motor. Everything is great on it, to be honest. Like, And I love riding that. Um, so I think that's going to be a game changer in terms of you know shifting people's minds. But Oh, I can't wait to see it. I mean, that, I, that sounds fascinating. Yeah. I'm loving, I mean, I'm very fascinated to see what solutions and clever ideas you came up with to shift the price point down, but also make it a compelling uh, proposition. Yeah, exactly. And also, you know, when you do something very, um, in design, you know this better than me. Sometimes you make a great design, but great design doesn't necessarily equal to great sales. <laughs> That's, that is car design right there. <laughs> exactly. Like sometimes you do so marginal designs that everyone wants to come and see it. Everyone wants to come and try it, but no one wants to buy it. 
Yeah. We have, I, I, but we experienced that. We spent a ton of money on one of our flagship models back in the day. It was a great bike. Every shop that we got into, uh, they all wanted to buy like test units. People were coming. Everyone wants to see it. Everyone was test tested, but no one wants to own it. So you, have to, you have to back down on the design a little bit. You know, introduce the familiarity a little bit to the design. You know it better than I do, obviously. So that's where the right deal is, I think, ideal because it's a very familiar design with just electric power. Aerial right deal. I can't wait to see it. I'm I'm um, I'm eager to see it. Um, oh, it's on the website. Go check it. <laughs> oh, it, so it is on here because I didn't see that one when I was researching you guys earlier. Really? Okay, so that's cool. I'll do a little more digging. Really, I needed to dig a little bit deeper. Um, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. If I want to have fun. Grizzly is my favorite, obviously. It is just a beast. Yeah, I can tell that you're having fun doing this. Do you do your design in-house or how do you create your products? Yeah, so um, me and my brother, we design it together. So we usually decide on what type of a bike we want. And then we decide on a um, price point. That's the first mm -hmm. thing that we, the sales price. What is the, um, what people are willing to pay? And then we reverse engineer it. What are the best components that we can put in this bike within this price range? And then we, and then the whole thing comes together. Excellent. I. I, I, I mean, I, you, you know, you have the experience of manufacturing and the passion for design and the user understanding. So it, it's a it's a win win. It's a recipe yeah. for success. Um, as we get close to the end here, Arda, tell our what do you what's the future of e bikes? Where do you see this industry going? I know you can't give away confidential information, but what do you see is coming? Um, so up until um, these current years, electric bikes, people always saw that as cheating. Whereas it is not cheating, you are still cycling and you can actually ride to work and not completely get drenched in sweat. Mm -hmm. so electric bikes are only going to be more mainstream. Everyone is probably going to get it. I think that like it's going to replace bicycles and it's going to replace short um, commutes because after especially COVID, people do not want to take um, public transportation that much if the commute is short. So that's where actually our industry has boomed with COVID because people didn't want to get on buses or like, you know, take Uber or whatever. So our right. industry. I'm sold. I, I, uh, I like e-bikes because um, for those of us who have calves that are too big for pant legs, I don't want them to grow anymore. So I want a kid. So I want an e-bike so that I don't have like everything else can grow, but those I already can't get any hair on my legs. So it's rubbing on the pants. So <laughs> e-bikes are for me. That's where I see my next bike being. <laughs> Um, Arda, how do people get a hold of you? I know, um, you know, if you want to go to uh, Ariel Ryder, A-R-I-E-L, Ryder.com, you can yeah. see the company. But if people want to reach out to you, is there a way they can get a hold of you uh, personally and, and hear more about your story? Yeah, so um, we have on Facebook, we have an Ariel Ryder owners group. Um, they can join okay. there. I'm very active there. There are a few thousand people there. People can ask me questions directly. I check it on a daily basis. I try to answer every question that people have. So if you just go on Facebook, search Aerial Rider Owners Group, join there, and if you have any questions, just shoot a message from there, and I'll definitely respond with a day or two. What a compelling and fascinating and cool story. I really appreciate you taking the time to tell us about it. Um, thank you so much for being on the show. Um, I'm certainly going to join the group. Uh, I mean, I, I'm, still, I'm still kind of partial to the Grizzly, but I like them all. So thank you, Arna. Thank you for having me. Thank you.
Well, there you have it. In a nutshell, why you should tune in each and every time to Driven by Design. For the most fascinating stories from the most amazing people doing incredible things to revolutionize the world of transportation right before our eyes. Right here in Orange County's only community radio station, OC Talk Radio. Streaming live from the University of California, Irvine's Beale Applied Innovation Center. 